This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.07 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sherrod. First up today retargeted subsidies. Now, this is coming because, as you may be aware, the Prime Minister, Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim, has begun the tabling of the 12th Malaysia Plan mid-term review. So that's the 12th MPMTR. Lots of alphabets. <laughs> I'm very impressed. <laughs> no, anyway, that's happening uh, in Parliament and it's going to be really... Up until the 19th of September, uh, these discussions. So there are a few things that are happening. They're going to review the five-year plan and the progress that they've made. They're going to analyse the efficiency of ongoing programmes and explore new directions for proposals and projects. Now, one of the, the things that they're looking at is they're laying out 17, and I'm quoting here, big, bold measures or radical policy shifts. And one of those includes the retargeting of all types of subsidies. So we're talking petrol, diesel, electricity, social assistance. And to be honest, this isn't anything new new. Um, it's a reaffirmation of what the government has been saying for some time now that they are looking to uh, narrow down subsidies to take a closer look at where where frankly there's wastage or where people are enjoying it when they needn't. And this is where we're at. Yeah, it's it's going to be, and I think this is always hard for governments in a democratic system to do, sell people a bitter pill uh, for uh, for some long-term gains, right? And that's, uh, that's really what's at stake here. You can have the bold ideas, you can promise people lots of things, and budget day comes along, and people expect government to be Santa Claus. But at the end of the day, somebody's going to have to pay the piper, right? And and for, for so long, I, don't you feel, Lynn, that so many of the conversations we have on this show ha- surround um, a sense of decline in the country, right? It's, uh, problems in the economy, social conflicts. So there is a need to recalibrate. And I think that's what um, we hope these measures will kind of produce. So every time we've had this conversation on air, I will say that the reaction has been middling to Hostile? Hostile, to, to outright hostile, <laughs> yeah. um, particularly on the subject of something like petrol. And this, I think, to be frank, also comes from the gap between campaign promises and governing. Like, I, I think we all understand the political reality of why promises may be sweet and executions may be tough. But this is true, right? We, we keep hearing people bring this up. Well, when you were campaigning, you said that you would be, bring petrol prices down. And now that you're there, you're talking about removing my subsidies. So it's just one of those things. Um, I also wanted to mention that they have specifically said they're looking to develop a socioeconomic data repository on households, or rather develop further um, PADU, Pangkalan Data Utama, Data Utama. And that's to identify and better target households which are eligible for subsidy. And I think that is a crucial gap. This this question of who is eligible and who isn't. So that's one of the ways they're talking about it. Yeah, but in all these things, um, we also want government to perhaps put in um, systems that are not going to increase the bureaucracy, that yeah. do not require more red tape and complex measurements. I mean, they might involve complex measurements, but if you have to um, you know, spend so much money and time uh, to put in place a targeted subsidy system uh, when, in fact, some real kind of universal strategies, you know, where you take from everybody, but then you give back to the people who need or, or something of that sort... Uh, 
which will be beneficial for us in the long term, right? We want government to be efficient. We don't want to create more government bureaucracy in order to achieve these uh, ends. So we're talking today about the ongoing push for retargeting our subsidy system, and that is going to include essentially all types, uh, petrol, diesel, electricity, social assistance. We want to hear from you. I, I mean, it's a simple question, but it's a tough one. Are you ready to lose some subsidies? Which one is going to sting the most? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we are going to be speaking with Lee Hingui, who is the Executive Director of the Socioeconomic Research Centre. So do keep it here, BFM 89.9. Better Finance Management. BFM. 89.9. It is 5.14 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sherrod. We're talking today about retargeting subsidies, which the government has been talking about for quite some time. Shouldn't be a surprise. But they are reaffirming that as they review the 12th Malaysia plan, this is something that they're still very interested in. So we're asking you, um, are you ready to lose some subsidies which one is going to sting the most? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine and tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now to discuss this, we have Li Hingui, who is the executive director from the Socioeconomic Research Centre. Hingui, thanks for speaking with us today. Hey, thank you, uh, Lin. Yeah. So, first of all, uh, the proposal for targeted subsidies really has received mixed reactions since it was first raised some months ago. Uh, since that time, do you think that the government has done enough to clarify or persuade the public that essentially this is necessary? I think, uh, to be fair with the government, I think this uh, subsidy issue has been uh, raised many times uh, for the last few years, I would say. Uh, and when the subsidy bills hit a high of a close to $80 billion, that was during the previous government. So the government has been preparing the public that we are we need to move on to targeted subsidy given the fiscal constraint and if we don't uh, continue to have a blanket subsidy and government may continue to face a, a more fiscal constraint and the deficit will get wider and hence you lead to more uh, yeah. i think public should be mentally prepared for eventual uh, eliminations of the price subsidy uh, over time yeah so i, I believe the coming budget they will table a timeline and also how to do how to go about it. Yeah, Angry. Now, those from the tax-paying middle class often express their concerns by saying that they're being discriminated against uh, by these moves. Uh, what would you say to them who are going to have their subsidies removed? Okay, I think the the person, I mean, the people who are concerned about how the removal of price subsidy impact on their cost of living on their budget. So the one that likely to be squeezed most will be the middle class, uh, M40. Uh, ever since the after the uh, pandemic, uh, I I would advise them to you know you just have to bear with that. Uh, I believe the when the government remove the price subsidy on a gradual basis, they will be complemented some form of cash assistance uh, for the targeted group. So at, at this moment, is is difficult for us to pin down whether all the M forty will not be getting, but there could be a threshold income which uh, some, if your income is above certain mean test threshold, most likely you will not get from the uh, I mean, the subsidy reduction and, 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 and also the cash handout. So for those at the low, low end, uh, I believe uh, you should be able to compensate it. But it's not a full, fully compensation cash subsidy, uh, cash handout, but it's something that helps you to mitigate the impact of the initial 
price uh, subsidy uh, uh, rationalization impact on the prices of goods and services. Yeah. Overall, though, what do you think of this stance to double down on the intra- introduction of these targeted subsidies? Why has it become a necessary act? As I mentioned earlier on, I think we, we face a limited fiscal space for Malaysia. I think for the last uh, 20 years, uh, things have got, got worsened uh, uh, since the global financial crisis and we continue to uh, go slow on the stance on whether we should we do a targeted subsidy. So the limited fiscal space necessitates the government to ease the pressure from subsidy. And the pace of eliminations of price subsidy higher when the fiscal space is getting more and more limited. So we saw how our fiscal deficit get wider, uh, widened uh, since the uh, what called the uh, pandemic, uh, COVID-19 pandemic. So there's also a difference between your domestic retail price versus the international price. And that also needs to take into account the ability of the government to mitigate the impact of price subsidy reform on the vulnerable group. So I think it's time for us to think about, seriously think about that. I think if the government wanted to reduce the fiscal deficit over time, there are a few things they can do. Either you have to reduce the expenditure, uh, that involve your capital expenditure or your operating expenditure. So I think if you look at the total operating expenditure, there are big items that government is a low-hanging fruit that government can do, like your fuel subsidy, uh, emolument and, and pension is somewhat difficult for you to do because it's, you, you don't want to uh, uh, you worry about the backlash on, on the on the civil servant uh, when it comes to elections, right? So I think subsidy is a is a low hanging fruit. But when you do it, you have to be uh, with com- I mean, you have to think about how best to do it, how best to manage the uh, price sub- uh, subsidy cut and also the uh, impact on the on the cost of living. That's something that is difficult to draw a, a, mid- a balancing point. Yeah. Now, we understand the government's priority now is to ensure that there is enough information on the socioeconomic status of every household before they implement uh, the system of targeted subsidies. What do you understand are the challenges they face in acquiring this information? And as you know, and how accurate will it be? Okay, I think in the past, uh, in the past, uh, government just rely on information from what they have. Uh, if you, I just give a perspective, huh? In terms of the whole country, employment is about 16.3 million. Huh? And your EPF active members about 8.5 million. So, so side is about over 7 million. They will, they, they will be overlapping. So taxpayer numbers based on individual is about 2.5 million. Okay? And we have about 7.9 million households. So if you want to come up with a very comprehensive targeted subsidy, you need to, you need to get a very good database. And so far, most of the database are kept within all the uh, you know, government institution or even ministry or agency, including EPF, SOCSO, uh, income tax. So we need to pull all the data together. Uh, with all this data, we know all the, some of the basic information about their income, their wages, their social economic uh, data. That's why the uh, YB, Tuan uh, Rafizi, talking about this Padula, the central database hub which they need to have this uh, omnibus act to get it uh, approved so that they can have data sharing. So once this data is ready, which they will be doing a trial run in November this year, uh, by January next year, they may want the, all the uh, individual household to verify the information. If everything's okay, then they will use the information, use the data, this Padu, to identify which are the household, which are the eligible household that I 
will have a, uh, implement the targeted subsidy, which means that only the deserving group people will be getting. But whether uh, what sort of threshold they will they will uh, uh, based on, they will look at income, they will look at their their cost of living, they will look into their demographic uh, location, or they may consider some of the information like the banking. You know whether they have how many saving account they have, FD account. I don't know whether they'll go to that extent or not, because that also involves the PDA, right? Uh, personal data protection. So I think these are the information they will gather. And once they think this is a reliable set and is is uh, uh, robust enough, then they will uh, push out this uh, targeted subsidy. Yeah. Is there a concern here that something like PADU may create more bureaucratic costs or hurdles? Um, are there more efficient approaches that we could be looking at? Okay, if you ask me, uh, in order to implement a targeted uh, subsidy, uh, you first of all, the, the mechanism must be uh, simple, yeah? ease of administration, ease of enforcement. That's the uh, first thing. In terms of administrative cost, must be easy. And then when you design this targeted mechanism, it must be uh, fulfill the objective of efficiency and equitable. Yeah. So which I, I, I keep on stressing that you must only target those that are the needy and the deserving group. And then you must give them adequate protection uh, and incent, uh, financial uh, support so that uh, when you uh, reduce, when you increase the prices due to the elimination of price subsidy, uh, they will not be uh, uh, significantly impacted. Yeah. So uh, the targeted subsidy mechanism must be also uh, uh, very effective. Uh, that's why I propose maybe you should have an effective mean test which set an income threshold above which uh, benefit uh, I will be phased out. And that must be based on what I mentioned, the basic social, economic and demographic and the level of income, cost of living, etc., etc. And most important, the last part of it, it must be transparent and involve a lot of uh, communication. You must explain to the public why you have to remove the price subsidy from a product to targeted, and you have to explain how the resources say from the uh, universal subsidy uh, uh, payment will, will, will redeploy or you have to channel whatever saving you save uh, into infrastructure to support the aging society, to improve the healthcare system, uh, to have a better education and also to fight climate change. You know that when, when you explain this you know, in, in a very transparent manner and every time you need to publish regularly how much you subsidize. Uh, and how how would that impact on the budget? So once you have a very transparent and very effective communication to the public, I believe the public will buy in together and support the government to implement a targeted subsidy. Yeah, I think I think as a taxpayer, if you feel that whatever money you save from subsidy and you never uh, you you the money still not spent wisely, lead to a lot of leakages and corruption, and taxpayer will never want to. Uh, buy into this uh, targeted subsidy because uh, I don't get anything as what you uh, pointed out to me you know middle class will be worried you know once uh, the least subsidy uh, being removed that will impact directly on their cost of living and also their finances and budget Angry, you know, in the past we had those BRIM initiatives, those exercises. Do you think that the, the question of who's going to be given support uh, with these targeted subsidy system is going to map onto the BRIM, uh, those who received BRIM and those who did not receive BRIM? Yeah, okay, <laughs> this is a good question. I think, I think uh, this is something that uh, the government will have to consider because I think for those who have been receiving BRIM, 
And, and now if you're going to move to targeted subsidy and those who have, uh, may not be uh, within the, the revised uh, scheme, they will feel shorthand, I mean, shortchanged, right? They will not be getting that. So I think this is something, uh, quite a tricky part on, on government to consider. I think uh, that boils down, I mean, that goes back to very beginning when, when the previous, previous government introduced this uh, GST. And, and before that, they also have the cash handout. So everything are just uh, lumped together and, and complicate the whole, whole uh, what called the fiscal reform in terms of uh, targeting the social spending whether it's a subsidy, whether it's a cash handout. So it, it really need a lot of, of, of uh, what I call the uh, planning uh, to come up with the, the very, very tug, uh, mechanism that you should not lead to further what I call uh, uh, I mean, budget, uh, budget on, 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 on the allocation for the financial assistance. So I think they need to streamline a lot of things. Yeah. Are there other subsidy areas that you'd like to see the government review? Okay, I think the major one, if you look at in terms of the, the amount of subsidy, like, I think the, the big one will be your fuel subsidy, right? Uh, followed by some of your LPG, uh, electricity, you know, your diesel. They will be so, uh, I mean, for eggs, chicken, uh, these are the few things which is also water, also one of them. So these are, these are a number of big items, but the biggest one, they will focus on the fuel and, and, and also petroleum, I mean, petrol and also the diesel, like. Electricity will be something that they, they will review every six months, I believe so. So I think they will tackle the big item first, yeah. So here, okay, okay. so just kind of to reiterate, uh, uh, right? Yeah, the question is, what is the objective? Uh, and clearly, it, as you pointed, it's, is to reduce the fiscal deficit of the government. But apart from targeted subsidies, what else can the government do? No, if you don't do subsidies, something will have to uh, give, right? Uh, unless uh, government uh, able to uh, restrain on other expenditure item, already mentioned to I mean mentioned about uh, operating expenditure, you big item and monuments, pension, then you have subsidy, then you have transfer. Uh, they, they, these are the few few fixed. Uh, I mean that service charges you cannot touch, right? Because the uh, government borrow, you need to service your your interest and payment. Uh, if you you know unless you are able to control your debt, so I think these are. That's why I mentioned the whole low-hanging fruits will be like subsidy. Lah. But there are things that, uh, I, I, if you ask me, I think uh, unless government can, can broaden the revenue side, you know, uh, even government can enhance revenue, I don't think uh, it's sustainable to continue subsidize because it, it's very costly to subsidize. And it co could cause a wasteful consumption. If petrol is cheap, you know, people will continue to... Uh, use uh, petrol, I mean, use car and uh, congested. And then you are talking about you want people to use more EV. So that's something that you have to consider as well, you know. And and if you subsidize a lot, uh, your resources will be diverted for from productive to unproductive, right? Wasteful consumption. And and if you can uh, save about 30 billion, that's a lot of money. And that money can be diverted to do something which is more productive. But when you diverted the resources to do something productive, make sure it's, it's really uh, value for money. Yeah? We don't want, be, we don't want uh, to come to a situation where your safe subsidy is being used for other things, which is also doesn't add uh, uh, capacity to the economy, doesn't benefit the raya. So it's very important to communicate, to educate the public why we need to do it. I think that communication has been there for many, many years. So I think uh, uh, at and when time government to do it, but it was uh, 
sometimes it's not the right time, you know, when the economy is slowing down, when the price pressure is, has increased a lot. So definitely they will not want to do it. So what in whatever form, I think there's there are also political economy and social consideration uh, that may restrain the government to fully adjust the retail price to in line with the international price. So while the government can limit, but should not avoid a gradual adjustment in retail prices, they should educate public about costly, wasteful consumption and and unsustainable nature of a blanket and uniform price subsidy. So I think that the, 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 the right move is to move towards the targeted subsidy, but gradual. Why I say gradual? Because you want to minimize the, the impact, the adjustment on the business and also on the rakyat. Yeah. Hengui, thank you so much for speaking with us today. That was Lee Hengui, Executive Director from the Socioeconomic Research Centre. Let us know, are you ready to lose some subsidies? Which one's going to hurt the most? You can call WhatsApp and tweet us at BFM Radio. Beating fickle mindsets. BFM 89.9. The Business Station. It's 5.39 and you're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn and Sherrod. We are, uh, I'm just going to tell you, we've got a very heavy economic show for you today because we started off by talking about targeted subsidies um, or the retargeting of subsidies, while after six o'clock it's going to be all about GST. So um, lots and lots of money talk um, and in between we're going to be talking about whether you like cold water. It's a separate conversation. Um, But before that, we have been asking you for your thoughts on subsidies, which is whether you're ready to lose access to some of them. Which one is going to sting the most? You can call 7733-2900, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. We do have a voice note actually that came in. This is from Kikin. Hello, BFM. The government is barking at the wrong tree. Why don't they cut down the memo size of the government servants and also cut down on the extravagant remuneration of the government ministers? Most, if not many, of the citizens are struggling to put food on the table. Would the targeted subsidy increases inflation and the country and affect especially the poor people are the ministers on the ground and feeling the poor people are suffering. Thank you. Thank you, Kikin. Um, I think this reflects in many ways how people have been reacting, frankly, to this conversation about subsidies, particularly because it's coming at a time when many are feeling a very particular and and in some cases severe um, pinch to pinch to the wallet. Yeah, so Kikin, you have many points that you want to make, uh, but I think the whole point about targeted subsidies is that the poor are not going to be the ones who are most affected, right? Because they are the ones who are going to be supported through uh, the rationalization process. The other thing is, and I know this is very popular, this is idea that government is bloated and therefore slashing all these jobs is be good, but of course, these are all... Uh, citizens too, mm. right? So if you're suggesting uh, that we slash the government, uh, you know, sort of personnel by 10%, I mean, that's, ten, that's a huge number of people who are going to lose their jobs. And what do we expect them to do? So I think they not only is it a politically problematic suggestion, um, it's also, I think, slightly insensitive, right? Because we are talking about other Malaysians in whatever private or 
public sector they might be. Uh, and they might be actually providing very important services. Yeah, I think this is the problem. It gets easy to group people into government. Um, you know, But of course, government is in fact made up of many, as you're pointing out. Uh, Randy says... Yes, removal of petrol subsidies will give the biggest impact, but sting the least for me because I drive a full EV. Speaking about this this barely restrained sense of glee. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> that it actually comes with emojis, uh, very smiley emojis. But so this is an interesting thing about the consequences of some of these moves, right? So if you remove petrol subsidies, will it push a whole new generation of people who want cars into the EV space because that's going to be the, you know, a better option? So I think we, we have a few messages that are talking about execution. And frankly, we're not there yet because this is just the media review. Um, they haven't fully come out with what the plan's going to be. They are already talking about some areas that they're going to look at, some information, but we don't really know how it's going to be executed. And I bring that up because Ben wants to know, what if my debt is high because of the failure of uh, my failure of the failure of a business during COVID. Now I'm back to employment, getting T20 income. I'm still serving debt. Will I be targeted? Are they looking at purely income itself? And I think these are some of the more personal stories or some of the more nuanced um, situations that I'm not sure how the government is going to account for. Yeah, and it is... There's, I think we all often have complicated um, financial lives because, yeah, you might have high income, but then you might be highly leveraged or you might have lots of debt. Uh, and then how is it fair to then impose upon you, right, uh, 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 increased costs? But I, I wonder, though, Lynn, you know, how many of us even know what and how we are subsidized by government? I mean... I know this is, I'm going to confess something. I looked very closely at my electricity bill recently, and there's actually a line in that tells me how much uh, is subsidized of that bill. And I was, I must say, I, must, I was quite surprised. And if I lost it, I think I would be okay with it. It wasn't that much. Mm. So if I go back to your, your earlier question, right, about how many of us realize how heavily we're subsidized, I don't know. I think that the reason why people keep bringing up petrol is because that's a big one and an easy one to look at. Um, the the variety of ways, though, things like electricity, especially if you're not a business owner, I'm not certain. I don't know whether it's going to be that many people. I do really like this one, though, from um, Adi, who says, people want change until they realize they need to change. Yeah, that's a philosophical point that, uh, but it's very pertinent, Adi. Uh, you know, we often talk about, say, for instance, you know, people who argue against race, uh, kind of racial frameworks for, you know, government programs and say, oh, and then they say, yes, we're all for needs-based. And then you say, well, a targeted subsidy system is exactly that. It is about recognizing the needs of some group, right? So those who argue say, well, I pay taxes. Why shouldn't I also get a subsidy? Uh, miss the point. They would probably be the same people who argue against race-based systems for needs-based systems. We have actually lots of uh, voice notes that have come in. And I think this one from Arvin is particularly relevant. The thing I would like to ask also is how is the subsidy going to affect those people who are living in uh, uh, a place that is actually higher cost of living, like you know, like Slango, uh, Kuala Lumpur, Johor, Penang. Okay, you might be T20 in Perlis, but in uh, in places like PJ, you're not a T20 anymore. You become an M40. So how does this subsidy affect those people who are living in places of high cost of living? 
Ivan, thanks for that. Um, I think actually this again is a question that many have asked and there have been conversations about, well, doing away firstly with these archaic, um, well, what people are calling archaic categorizations, right? The notion of T20, M40, whether they're still useful. Um, whether we take into account where you live, though, I think is a great question. Yeah, it does. But it, I, I do think, though, to be the complications that come around, right? So if you are over leveraged, um, yes, that is a concern. It does suggest something about your financial state. But if you're over leveraged because you're living a luxurious life, you're over leveraged because you go take, you know, foreign holidays or buy an expensive car, then to what extent does the government owe you the subsidy, right? I mean, the whole point about subsidies and the whole point about taxation and all that is, in fact, the government trying to find the best way to even things out, right? The marketplace not doing it. So if you make choices that put you in debt, then and, and, and then I... But I don't know, personally, I'm not an economist, but I don't know what public policy, um, you know, wonks will, will think about this. Is it the role of government to subsidize you? So I I think that is a philosophical question that maybe we are not ready for because we have been subsidized for so long. So, you know, going all the way back to saying what is the role? Um, and then we've also been sold things like a caring government, right? This notion that the government's role is in fact to care for you and the form that that takes is subsidies. And so it's a tough question, right? Um, Madi, though, I really like this points out. The biggest subsidies we all get are medical services and education. Yeah, yeah, that's true, right? So public health, and this is where you want your tax dollars to go, not into people's petrol tanks, right? Especially those who can afford to pay for their own, uh, for the real cost of petrol. You want government to be spending on the right things. And I think our guest was saying that earlier. Uh, just to close off, Kun Boon says, if we reintroduce GST, can we avoid the subsidy rationalisation? Kun Boon, I don't know. But you know what we are talking about after the 6 o'clock news is the reintroduction. We're not saying it's happening, but just the possibility of the reintroduction of GST. And that is the next question. Let us know. GST, yay or nay? You can call 7733-2900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.